This is Jeopardy! Nostalgia, a chronological exploration of every NES game released in North America. I'm your host, Michael Esposito, and joining me are our two contestants. I'm Sean. And I'm Joe. And we have a bit of a special episode today. We've decided to take a, uh, a what should be a relatively easy game to discuss, Jeopardy, on the NES, and we're going to turn it into an actual game of Jeopardy. How do you guys feel about that? Sounds fun. It seems too complicated. We're going to fail. <laughs> yeah, I feel like even though this is going to translate really well for us, the <laughs> listeners at home at some point are going to be like, "What? Why are they talking yeah. about? Why are they talking about this now?" They're like, "Huh?" But chapters we'll see what happens. Are dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's no chapters for this one. That's for sure. Um, but there will be a winner, and um, there will be no prize. I just want to get that out of the way. I have no money to give. <laughs> Well, we barely make any money on this show to begin with. It's true. Uh, but one thing I wanted to uh, clear up is that instead of doing our usual like developer things or you know talking about the music and stuff, we're going to hop around a lot because there's a bunch of different categories that we're going to go through, similar to a real game of Jeopardy. So you're really going to want to listen to the entire episode if you're at all interested in any of this stuff. And I think you'll find some fun things in there, too. So you guys ready to play? Let's do uh, it. Who goes first? All right, so I think we'll have, since Sean always introduces himself first, Joe will um, will go first. And Joe, the categories, just so you know for this round, are play the game, trust your mechanic, developing situation, get nostalgic, and I am 8-bit. Uh, yes, I'll take uh, play the game for 400. All right, this is play the game for 400. A plan of action or policy designed to achieve a major or overall aim. Yeah, I got nothing. All right. We were looking for what is strategy, and that is Webster's definition of strategy. And this would be a great time for us to talk about our strategies when playing uh, Jeopardy here. So, guys, <laughs> what did you do uh, to, to best the computers in Jeopardy? Uh, well, what I did usually is um, I would... I would only buzz if I was pretty sure I knew because, you know, like in regular Jeopardy, it does subtract points. And sometimes you'll get the computer to uh, to buzz in and they'll get it wrong. And the way that they, they do it in this game is they don't, like, guess something else. They just type in computer gibberish but with, like, some of the letters uh, from the actual answer. So... I, it was an interesting way to go about that. Uh, I don't know how what you guys did, yeah. Yeah, I think I, I think using using that a little bit, uh, like if I don't know something, kind of definitely uh, taking advantage of the fact that they will type in parts of the answer, which I think was their way to show like, oh look, they they guessed wrong, but like yeah. got some of it right. Uh, it's a little it's a little like not doesn't translate exactly to how it would be in real Jeopardy, but it's definitely definitely helps you. Uh, get answers that you didn't get on your first read of the question. Yeah. 
And I think one thing that uh, I stole from is the James Holzhauser strategy of playing Jeopardy, where you play through the bottom first. So you go for the 500 questions in each category to try to get, like, to see if you know them and can make the most money off the bat. Because if you get the um, 1500 right there, at least in the first round, it's going to be very hard for anybody else to make up the difference. True. But you could also put yourself in a huge hole. But I guess that's why smart people play this. <laughs> yeah, and that's another thing, too, since we're talking about, um, since we're talking about smart people. Did, how did you guys feel about the, the questions themselves and the, the relevancy of this now 30 years later? I mean, you could definitely feel that it was that it was you know made in you know 1988, um, but I also was impressed that or just surprised that they they didn't make them like all like really kind of general categories that would be like that like that kids would always get like there were some specific they felt like real Jeopardy categories. Yeah, I would also say that it sort of has the it's definitely not as difficult as. TV Jeopardy, at least from what I've seen. Um, but it, it does have a variation in difficulty. Like, you can definitely tell that the $500 question or answer, I guess, is a bit more difficult than the 100 So I think it's got a pretty good balance. And a lot of the categories are timeless. Uh, a lot of them aren't. But there's, a, there's enough here where somebody in 2020 could still play this game. All right, and so Joe, you still get control of the board because no one answered. So, what would you like to pick next? Uh, you know, I'll do play the game for two hundred. This gambling feature is hidden behind one clue in the Jeopardy round and two in Double Jeopardy. Beep. Sean, what is Double Jeopardy? Oh. Ooh, that is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized it was listed in the question. Joe, would you like to respond? Uh, man, I wish I watched more Jeopardy. And we will move on. We are yeah, looking sorry. for the Daily Double. Daily uh, Double, the daily, yes. The Daily Double, and that gives you the opportunity to wager um, $1,000 or more, or less, to be honest, if you didn't even feel comfortable with the category, uh, as a way to spice up the game and also a way to like completely dominate the game, too. If you're yeah. really feeling good about a category, if you have $3,000 to your name, you can risk it all and now jump up to 6000 which in this kind of game is really going to put you ahead of the computers. So how did you guys feel? Were the, were the questions um, were the questions tougher with the Daily Doubles? Did you bet a lot of money? How did that work? I did a, a so now I'm remembering what when you said double jeopardy that's what confused me because I was confusing double jeopardy with daily double but I did a true daily double when I actually played the game which just meant I, I bet everything which put me in a substantial lead uh, in the first round which I thought was very helpful but also could have terribly screwed me if I happened to get a question that I didn't know it's definitely a risk. And Sean, were you being risky during your daily doubles? Um, if I was in the lead, I would uh, I wouldn't bet so much that I could possibly lose the lead. So I, you know, I, I tried to make some money, but uh, I didn't go all in like that. Got it. And for the record, I never went all in either. Uh, it's it's tough because you have to bet the amount of money you want before you ever see the question. Yeah. So it's like no matter how. The categories are just vague enough that I don't feel too confident about the general, like, curriculum that might be involved. For sure. 
Okay, so Joe, you still get to pick another uh, category. <laughs> and I'm going to stay with Play the Game for 300. A class or division of people or things regarded as having particular shared characteristics. Beep. Beep. Uh, that is Joe. Joe? Uh, what is a category? That is correct. Okay. What is a category? Okay. Finally. And so we've already talked about the like varying skill levels of categories, but what were some, can you recall anything that came to mind as like a category that either you particularly were good at or that you avoided? Because I had uh, one category or, or a recurring theme of just like, you know, things that start with B or things that start with C, like you would see that and they would have it for every kind of letter. And I thought that was funny that like, it seemed kind of just like a, well, now we can just do anything, but as long as it starts with this letter, we're covered. <laughs> I kind of like those. I usually uh, stayed away from the ones that were definitely more of the time uh, or ones that were about a certain period, like the 50s. Like I know very little about the culture of the 50s, so I would I would stray away from those. Yeah, I noticed that there were, I mean, I guess, I don't know why I wasn't expecting them to include these little things that are just in jeopardy all the time, but they would have categories that were like, ended up, the answers always ended up being like a play on words for what the category was called, uh, which I guess, I don't know why, I just didn't expect the like this NES game to do that, to, to <laughs> be so uh, similar to to actual Jeopardy, which is weird in retrospect. And they would have some interesting ones, too. I mean, there was a whole category on Disney. I don't know if you guys got that one. Um, but that seems, like, very approachable. And then, at the same time, you could have right next to it a whole category called, like, Thick and Thin, which, <laughs> uh, you know, like, which is which is completely, uh, like, what could that be? And it goes through a whole gambit of uh, different things, like, what is flour, what is thin air, like, it... It's very tough to to tell what those categories are going to be like. So the game keeps you on your toes for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Joe, since you got that one, you're now in the lead with 300, and you get to pick again. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just stick with play the game, keeping us con consistent in the chapters here uh, for 500. This round features a single clue and requires contestants to wager their money before receiving the question. Beep. Joe? What is... Final Jeopardy? You are correct again for 500. And let's talk about that Final Jeopardy because uh, I think that is the make or break moment because it gives the computers a huge chance to come back at you if you're not prepared with an answer. So how did you guys feel about the Final Jeopardy compared to the rest of the game? Well, in one of my games, uh, both of the computers had ended up with negative amounts so they couldn't even participate. Uh, so I ended up just wagering $1 and won anyway. <laughs> but um, uh, There was another game where it was actually close. And uh, no, I mean, it's it, and, and especially if you're playing this, how it was probably designed to be made uh, to be played with, which is with people. So uh, th there's this thing where you'd have to go into the other room and make sure you couldn't see whoever's typing. And um, but I think it, it works. Yeah, I found that really funny, the way that they deal with, like, make sure you don't look at the screen while your other player is typing. <laughs> I thought that was really funny because there's just no other way around it. But, uh, but yeah, in my in my game, I had, I it actually, I, I had a lead in the first round. It actually ended up being pretty close 
by the end though and final jeopardy is what gave me the the, the boost uh to win but it is a little bit of you know i mean it's jeopardy rules but like a little bit of that gamble of like how much how much are they gonna wager the person who's closest to me like i i want to wager enough that i'll win but not too much that you know hopefully if i get it wrong i'm still above you know above their score yeah i had one particular final jeopardy where i was in the lead for most of the game and then actually wound up being like 400 under uh one of the computer players and so I did the math and everything for, like, how much it would take me to make sure that, like, you know, well, I can't bet at all, but I also kind of need to. Like, how much should I put in and stuff like that? And I, I did all that. And the computer wound up giving, like, a bogus answer, you know, one of those nonsensical ones. <laughs> and then, like, also just put in, like, what seemed to be a completely arbitrary amount. Like, had no idea that I was only... 400 behind them so like i don't think that the computer cares enough to do the math so i don't know why we would we would care all right joe uh i'll actually take trust your mechanic for 500 okay trust your mechanic for 500 this mechanic allows for additional players to join in on the fun of jeopardy beep sean what is multiplayer you are correct for <laughs> 500. That's right. <laughs> and uh, th- that puts you up from the negative, so you are now at 300. Nice. And uh, would you like to talk about uh, the multiplayer? I, it sounds like neither you or Joe played multiplayer. I know you attempted to with me. Yeah, we uh, yeah, we tried to get some kind of net play going, but that didn't end up working out. Um, but I imagine this being, you know, a poor man's jackbox now or like i don't know if there is a jackbox game that's just trivia they're usually much more goofy with it but it yeah it's like a it's a party game it's one of the first party games we played yeah and i think go ahead i was gonna say i think that i was surprised that had how even though i didn't actually play it multiplayer i mean this functions like jeopardy i mean there's a few little bit of you know annoyance to it now where you got to type things in and and whatnot but like i can't see you playing this with a friend and feeling like oh that wasn't that didn't feel like a good trivia game like if you're playing it with another person <laughs> like it's just trivia like it, yeah. it really just kind of works yeah me and my fiance did play this uh this game as multiplayer and i have a couple of interesting observations and the most interesting, actually, is that this game is technically the first three-player NES game because oh. you're, you are able to uh, use controller one for both player one and three, but player two needs to have a second controller. So you, if you only have one NES controller in your house, you're, like, out of luck to play this multiplayer oh. game. Like, it still somehow finds a way to lock you behind it, even though you could theoretically play with just one controller <laughs> yeah that's interesting because i would have thought that the only reason to do that is to make sure people are still buying a second controller but didn't but the nes come, come with, with two? two controllers yeah the nes did uh did come with two controllers for the most part um that, like with the action set and stuff like that but i imagine you know you could buy this console in many different packs like there's that pack that came with rob and there's that pack that came with the zapper so i mean i'm sure there was eventually a version sold with just one controller huh the Famicom, on the other hand, though, uh, as long as it wasn't the Famicom disk system, the original Famicom, the two controllers always came with it because they were built into the system. Oh, I see. No plugging. All right. Uh, so, Sean, since you got that one right, you can choose the next category. 
Let's do Trust Your Mechanic for 400, Alex. In a game of real Jeopardy, sometimes this mechanic causes contestants to be unable to answer all questions on the board. Beep? Is that a, is that a beep? <laughs> okay, that's a beep. What do, what do you got, Joe? Uh, time limit? <laughs> what is a time limit? I'll allow it because I didn't correct you in time. Ooh, uh, okay. But yes, don't forget to <laughs> always right, say sorry. what or who. <laughs> um, yes, what is a time limit? Uh Actually, there's no time limit in the NES version of the game, so you're forced to answer every single question in both um, the first round and Double Jeopardy. How did you guys feel about that? I think that was a little too many questions for one game. I was kind of feeling that way, too. Uh, Maybe, I mean, you played with someone else. Maybe if I played with someone else, I would have felt differently. But when I was playing against a computer, there was a point where I was like, come on, please tell me they're going to cut me off at some point. We were have to go through all these questions. In a real game of Jeopardy, there's an overall timer that's going on the entire time. I mean, I know it's like, you know, for commercials and everything, but it's like, it's displayed. Well, you get, no, you it's get... not displayed, but it is, it is for, it resets at the end of each round. But essentially, because they need commercial breaks and stuff like that, there's only a certain amount of time that you get during single Jeopardy and double I Jeopardy. See. And so very, it's very rare that they actually answer all the questions on the board. Okay, because there are timers within the questions. Like, you can only buzz in for 10 seconds, and you have, like, a minute to write out your answer. Right, right. And those those are true in Jeopardy, too, although you get significantly less time to answer than you do <laughs> yes. here on you, the NES. Cause... Can you imagine if they had to type it out on, like, not e- on like an alphabetical keyboard on Real Jeopardy? <laughs> I think in crazy. Real Jeopardy you get something like ten seconds, maybe that even sounds like a lot. Yeah, but maybe four, five. Yeah, but forty-five seconds was very good because it gives you a generous amount of time. Like I've never needed the full forty-five seconds, yeah. but I appreciated that they didn't just think like, "Well, you wouldn't need forty-five, so let's just give." You know, like it was better to go over than under on the estimate. And since Joe, since you got that one, you get to pick the next category. You're you're leading by uh, your twelve hundred to three hundred for what it's worth. Um, I'll do trust your mechanic for three, please. This mechanic is the only way computer opponents can get a question wrong. Beep. Sean, what is typing nonsense? That is exactly what I wrote. Uh, <laughs> so, so yes, uh, you get you gain that, and you have cut your lead to just being uh, halfway to Joe. It's twelve hundred to six hundred, and and we already talked about this, but I thought it was pretty interesting because I couldn't think of a better way for the computers to do this. It was it was so jarring at first, but then you realize were they really going to program a bunch of like not so correct answers yeah. for them to say? Like that would have been more difficult. Okay. I think at a better first, way... Go ahead. At first, I thought it was just actual randomness, and it wasn't until I saw a couple computers get the wrong answers that I could tell that it was basically get, playing Hangman or something. Uh, but, yeah, no, it's it's kind of clever. Yeah, I was a little thrown off at first by the fact that parts of the answers were in there. Like, I feel like if they had just done gibberish answers, they had nothing to do with it. It'd be like, okay, they got it wrong, but it also doesn't clue me into what the answer might be. But then if you think about it, I guess sometimes that could happen, where, like, the wrong answer is close enough where it sparks, yeah. like, oh, this is what it is. But I don't know if it happens so much that it, like, there were so many times where the question, they answered the question wrong, but I could just clearly tell what it is for, from context now. That I don't think would have happened if, like, 
in a real game of Jeopardy. I don't think yeah. like, someone would have tipped me off like that. Yeah, and I could see if it was like, you know, uh, presidents was the category, and they pro- provided just like a bunch of random chances for them to guess like other U.S. presidents. But you'd have to do that for so many different categories and so many different things that I just I don't even know how they handle it in future Jeopardy games. Like I'm sure there's a Jeopardy on PlayStation One. Like how does that get handled? Yeah, yeah. Well, well yeah, I'm not even I'm not even saying they should have necessarily given them like fake answers to to answer, but like instead just have it be complete gibberish with no clues to the real answer in it. You know, I feel like that makes it Got a it. little more like real Jeopardy. Totally. Okay, Sean, you get to pick again. I'm gonna I'm gonna go off the beaten trail here, and I'm gonna pick Get Nostalgic for 400. The first game chronologically to be removed from the essential games list. Beep. <laughs> Joe, because <laughs> I know this one. What is Excite Bike? That is correct. Uh, Excite Bike. Uh, was um was not was it unanimous? I feel like it was not unanimous. No, I think it was, it was just five. like me and Sam that voted it, and then I immediately regretted it. Right, uh, and it came off quickly after. Have any of you revisited Excite Bike since episode five? I have not, and I never will again. It was just <laughs> I didn't even vote for it, so <laughs> I haven't either. I think I probably did before we took it off, but not since then. <laughs> just to feel better about your decision. Yes, <laughs> yeah, this comes off. <laughs> it is still a very impressive game though to watch somebody like set a world record on a new track because that's still happening believe it or not so it's like it's pretty impressive to watch these guys wow. find new ways to break that kind of game uh but i personally would just continue to uh to tumble on the way down and then you have to like watch your character like fall off to the side of the road and then go run over pick up their bike and it's like <laughs> oh this is painful <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, uh, Joe, you could regain control. Um, you know, I'll go the remaining play the game. I can't remember which one it is, but there's one left, It right? is for 100, yep. Play the game for 100. An icon or figure representing a particular person in video games. Beep. Sean? What is a character? I'm going to allow it. Uh, I was looking specifically for Avatar, but I think this works, uh, and I'm going to allow it because it's basically the same thing in this game, too, because uh, you choose your character, uh, not like based on like their IQ or anything <laughs> like that, but just on a look for you. But yeah. everybody, uh, everybody looks super weird in this game, right? Yeah, you've got like uh, you've got like five variations <laughs> with the three main uh, like colors of people. There's pink. Uh, puke green and like sort of a a, a weird brown. So uh, I think it, it it covers all of the demographics. I you know can I admit something? I didn't even realize that I was able to choose. I just I guess I just maybe I hit A too fast and I just picked the first guy that it gave me. Yeah, I thought it was it just says, assigning it to me. But it, yeah, it says, "Do you want this character?" And you have to keep pressing. Oh no, it's like select different character, and you have to keep pressing yes. And it defaults to no, um, and then it just cycles through uh, the weird uh, pixel art for that. I guess I was just too eager to get to it. I, I had like this cool, quote unquote, cool looking guy with like sunglasses and like his hair was like whipping forward a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was just like the general guy that everyone played as. 
Now, uh, in fact, most people get those two uh, nerd-looking people with the glasses and the bad haircuts. Yeah, like, yeah, it's like, that's... why even include those types of people in your game? <laughs> I picked the anchor-looking guy. He looks like okay. he, he, he looked like he did TV news. <laughs> and I also think it's weird that you can have, like, between you and the computers, multiple people can be the same-looking character. <laughs> they should have, like, crossed that off the options of availability. <laughs> But that's a whole nother story. Uh, okay, Sean, you got that one, so now you get to pick. Let's go with developing situation for 200. The name of the very first Jeopardy video game. Beep. Joe? I'm going to say, what is Jeopardy? You are correct. It's called Jeopardy. <laughs> that's the 200 uh, question. <laughs> yes, that's the $200 question. And um, funny enough... Uh, pretty much most of them are called Jeopardy uh, throughout the like sequels and spinoff <laughs> section. There's no like um, Jeopardy no, like, subtitle reloaded, <laughs> right? Uh, and funny enough, I didn't want to give it away, but this is the very first Jeopardy video game adaptation. This NES game, so uh, that's pretty cool. And Jeopardy, uh, obviously a long-standing game now, but uh, was also popular back then. So I'm sure this was a big win just for, like, families in general, but also for, like, parents to mm-hmm. pick up the game and be like, oh, finally, some video game that, like, our kids will learn something. Now, there was apparently a Jeopardy game being developed during, like, the Atari 2600 times, but that's really strange because at the point that that game was being developed, Trebek wasn't even the host. <laughs> So it would have been like this really early, like non-popular version of Jeopardy with the old host who I think only did like two or three seasons. I didn't wow. even know. I always thought Trebek was the first host of Jeopardy. I didn't know I there was so someone too. before him. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll link it in the show notes or something. I'm sure there's like a video I can show of like the first ever episode of Jeopardy and you can just be like, wow, that doesn't bring the same energy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so since Joe got that one, Joe, you are leading with 1800 to 700. Where would you like to go next? Um, what's left in Trust Your Mechanic? 100 and 200. I'll take 200. This mechanic is the only way to answer questions in this NES game. Beep. Sean? What is typing? Yes. Correct, for 200. Uh, you're slowly working your way back to the lead. Uh, and I think it's important that we just talk about this because I was thinking about this, and the only other way to really um, provide responses would have been like a multiple-choice style thing. And I think for a game like Jeopardy, that would have really not worked well because it requires no. like this specific knowledge and the ability to like narrow down or, you know, they'd probably do like, a, B, and C are close, but D is, like, completely stupid. You know, like, they, yeah. they couldn't do it that way. So I think this was the appropriate way to handle this. I yeah, agree. I, I fully expect it to be multiple choice, so I was, kind of, I was kind of surprised when they allow you to actually input the answers. And um, I don't know if this is something that we would get into after another question, but did, did anybody have any, um, like, concerns about, like, oh, like, typing something slightly wrong or maybe in a different format that it expects like for example i had i had a question that was uh it was the name of agent 86 from get smarts partner and 86 in the question is is in digits eight six 
So I and I knew the answer to it, so I typed in ninety nine, but I typed in nine nine, and it was incorrect, and the answer was ninety nine spelled out. Interesting. Yeah, I I want to say that maybe there's some a couple ways to do it, like a, a couple correct answers. I can't confirm that, but I do know that like yeah, if you misspell something, even like commonly, like one of the answers that I had was the Blarney Stone, and I forgot to put the e in. And it said uh, that I got the wrong answer, so I'm not really sure what the uh, how lenient it is. Right. Although the manual does confirm that uh, that there are multiple there are multiple right for some questions there are like like commonly misspelled words can be accepted as uh, correct, and also for some uh, questions there might be like multiple ways of phrasing. So that that was kind of impressive to me too on the NES. If it really is true, I mean, I didn't really experience it because of the ninety nine thing. The most important thing there, Joe, too, is that uh, th- there's a couple of different instances of like rule placements for how you can handle like misspellings and stuff like that. So even things like if the answer was what what are fish and chips, you can't do what are chips and fish. You have to do the commonly used, like, correct version of the answer. Simply just, like, getting them all, uh, like, getting everything that should be in the question. Like, if you did last name, first name, that wouldn't work either. You have to do first name and last name. Uh, But also, it says that you don't have to do spaces. And I wasn't, like, courageous enough to try that. That's weird. But I think that's really strange that they were kind of, like, spacing between words is optional. It's, like, right there (laughs) in the manual. So... (laughs) you know, things like that are interesting. They do say, though, Joe, something that was interesting for your 99 one is that uh, most most questions will accept uh, either, like, Roman numerals, numbers, or spelling out the um, the number itself. So I thought that was right. weird that it didn't take yours. <laughs> Roman right, because I saw that afterwards, and I was, I was kind of uh, confused because it definitely just did, did not accept 99. Okay, well, um, who got that one? Was that Joe? I did. Sean did. Okay, Sean, good. Okay, so I did give you the points for that, Sean. Good. Um, you, you are able to pick the next category. Let's do developing situation for 300. Like host Alex Trebek, the, the game developer Rare is not from the USA. Instead of being a Canadian citizen, they reside in this country. We're looking for what is the United Kingdom? You'll remember that Rare was the first third-party developer on the NES with uh, from that that wasn't from um, Japan, and they were from the UK, and they brought us slalom. Instead of being a Canadian citizen, okay, okay, that's cute. Well, because they're 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 alike with Alec Trebek, but instead of being a Canadian citizen, they they reside in. Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah, Alex is. Yeah, he he is Canadian, isn't he? Yes, I didn't know that. Sorry, I'm just dishing. I guess I'm secretly revealing with each question that I like watch Jeopardy weekly. I, I knew that about you. I knew you were a Jeopardy fan. Uh, I did not. All right, so Sean, you still get to pick. All right, let's let's try developing situation for 400. The number of additional Jeopardy games on the NES. Beep. Sean, what is two? That is correct. How did you know wow. that? Um, I looked at the library and had to make sure I played the correct one. <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. <laughs> and do you know the names of the other two? 
I don't. I believe I'm working from scratch here because I don't have notes, but I believe it is the 25th anniversary edition and the junior edition. So there's a oh, version that, yes, like theoretically, will be a lot better at. <laughs> <laughs> blue. What is blue? Now they're also both uh, developed by Rare as well. So I feel like Rare just like racked up the license. Yeah. On Jeopardy and said, we'll just keep spitting these out. How <laughs> different do you expect those games to be from the one we played today? Well, the well 20th... with Jeopardy, go ahead, Joe. I was just saying that the 25th anniversary edition, I can't, it, there's not like an additional theme to that that's different than this. So I, I just imagine it would be different questions. I, I don't know what else they would do differently. Yeah, I feel like Je- Je- yeah, that one has to just be Jeopardy 2 for all intents and purposes or like an expansion pack but with Jeopardy Jr. all I can see is just this like almost insultingly easy game but I don't know I mean we'll play it <laughs> right and and I wonder like will they even change like the characters that you can play as like will they go that far or will they just say like yeah those characters are fine they can maybe they'll be again. babies like, <laughs> you know but like will they just reuse the same ROM yeah, the but just put in new categories yeah, yeah. It'll be open world Jeopardy. (laughs) (laughs) I've been saying that we need an open world Jeopardy for a long time. Uh, Okay, so, um, Sean, that was you. You are only 500 points away from the lead. Uh, What would you like to pick? Let's do developing situation for 500. Okay, this is to tie. The number of game show games Rare made for the NES. What is a whopping nine? My God. I never would have got that. <laughs> yeah, same. Would have been a shot the the same people, the same people who made Banjo Kazooie later on, would would first make nine game show games for the NES. Uh, that's crazy. Did they make like Double Dare? They did. And they did. Okay, I remember seeing videos of that before. So it's not even all just like similar. It's not like they're like, oh, we have Jeopardy, we can make other trivia games. It's like completely different. I guess there's <laughs> trivia in Double Dare, right? Yeah, and and to be fair, I mean, I, Double Dare is definitely a game show, so I did count that in the nine. Right, right. Uh, but yeah, there's also like the obvious ones too of like Wheel of Fortune. Yeah, you know, um, I feel like those two shows, since they air back to back, are also just owned by the same person. Gotta be. So they just like bought the license for both. <laughs> All right, I guess since I retain control, you um, do. I will get nostalgic for three hundred. This game's manual had a unique story that we turned into a radio play on the show. Beep. Beep. Ooh, that was Sean <laughs> by okay. a hair. <laughs> what is Sean? What is Schoon? Yes, you are correct. What is Schoon? Uh, <laughs> tell me, what else do you remember from uh, that game's manual? Uh, I mean, aside from the story, uh, I, I remember a bunch of nonsensical names of enemies, uh... I I did mean from the story, though, like like the general plot. Like, what do you remember? I remember it was about a a warm-hearted pirate who actually, I don't know if it was like as a mercenary or just out of the kindness of his heart, decided to to help save the world from an alien invasion. But I remember there being some like bargaining in that story. (laughs) Yeah, I thought there was something where like you were being asked to do it. And then even like, or the character or whatever, even the character was kind of like, well, what's in it for me or something yeah. like that. Was, <laughs> like other than the world not ending. And Sean, you played the pirate. I was the pirate. 
Can you give us your best, like, yar? <laughs> yar. <laughs> I think that's exactly how you did it. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> uh, okay, so, Sean, you are only 200 points away from tying. What do you got? Let's do, uh, let's do trust your mechanic for 100. This mechanic allows you to change the behavior of your computer opponents. Beep. Beep. I think that's Sean again. What is difficulty? Correct. <laughs> and we've already talked about the difficulty of the game, but did either one of you modify the the um, the difficulty to medium or hard? I just stuck on medium. I didn't. I actually didn't try easy or hard. I did easy first, and I noticed that the time just ended up running out a lot if I didn't do any input. And I think with medium. Uh, they were a bit quicker to the draw, and I think they got more answers correct. But I didn't play enough to like get an actual to, to get a real feel of what was happening. Let's just say I wonder if the questions actually get more difficult, or if it's really just like time limits and, and the AI. Yeah, I'm fairly certain that it's just uh, time limits and a and like uh, their ability to like answer questions correctly. Because I didn't try medium. But there is a definitely like a jump from easy to hard where the, the categories all seem like relatively the same of what you might see on easy. But the uh, the computers were definitely like in control of the game and getting the answers correct a lot more often. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, Sean, you keep going. Let's do developing situation for 100. The developers of Slalom, RC Pro-Am, and Wizards and Warriors. Beep. Sean? What is rare? That is correct. Yeah. And they are the ones we've been talking about this whole time. Uh, <laughs> I actually couldn't remember uh, either. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fine. Uh, and I just think, like, at this point, we probably exhausted what we were going to say about them. But we've seen these other three games, Slalom, RC Pro-Am, and Wizards and Warriors from them. And now this is our fourth game from Rare. And it kind of feels out of left field, right? But it probably doesn't matter back then. Yeah, they're all kind of out of left field. They haven't really decided who they are yet. They've made sports games and uh, an adventure slash action game, and then this like a, they haven't really yeah. settled in anywhere. Yeah, it almost feels like back then, like making video games in itself was like a niche, so you didn't have like an additional one within that. Like, oh, I make this kind of game. You're just like, we make video games, and yeah. then they have to cast kind of like a a, a wide net. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that, because even if you look at Square's output so far, there's nothing that says we make RPGs, you know? Uh, so nobody's trying to um, to lock themselves in. And to be fair, like, I think uh, Rare's approach here of, like, Slalom being a sports game that they partnered with Nintendo on to get, like, the Verse System version going as well in the arcades, and then RC Pro-Am having this, like, multiplayer uh, genre of sports that, I mean, I, I don't know if you'd consider it a sport game, but like just that racing thing is something that nobody else was doing on the NES, so that's a completely untapped market too. Wizards and Warriors actually feels like the one out of left field for them of the four that we played. Yeah, I, I would say so too, because it is, yeah, they're, they're all kind of simulations on something aside from Wizards and Warriors. And and this game is officially tied now. So Sean, as you pick the board, you're both tied at eighteen hundred apiece. All right, uh, let's uh, let's touch the I am eight bit category for three hundred. In Arkanoid, you control a spaceship named This in order to break the alien blocks. An NES accessory of the same name was also released. 
I knew I had to get a little tricky here for you guys. The name is The Vouse. The Vouse? Uh, I don't remember that I, at all. I remember talking about it. I, I would not have ever remembered that name. And I thought it was just funny that it had like a, its own name and that it was a spaceship. And I was like, I just think of that as like <laughs> the thing in Pong, you know, like yeah. the, the, it's just a wall that knocks <laughs> into the ball. Like, yeah, it definitely yeah. seems like tacked on later. Like, oh, we should make it a spaceship in the manual, even though they already just <laughs> made the game. <laughs> and the, right. uh, the accessory also was just like a, a dial. That, that uh, would allow for more precise, like, fast movements than what a D-pad could give you. So that was actually pretty neat. Yeah, I do. Enjoy, I, I prefer the dial in games like that. Uh, I'm never. I'm not actually any better at it, but at least it, I feel like my mistakes are my own more. <laughs> with those. Right, right. Okay, Sean, take us through another one. Let's get nostalgic for 500. Ooh, big one, big one. This other podcast is sometimes recorded during Nostalgia and does not feature beep. the host. <laughs> wait, can you beep during the question? I, I think it has to go to Joe because God. you have to wait until after the question is oh, read. Oh, that's bullshit. Those are Jeopardy rules. <laughs> so, Joe, what is the name? What is Mike's Without Mike? That is correct. Also, Mike's Without Mike. <laughs> also, I didn't know you knew about that. <laughs> oh yeah, that's and, we, and we do sometimes call it off the mic too. So it's uh... oh, I didn't know that actually. So yeah, that's so yeah, trivia true. even for me. That we never called it off the mic. It's definitely <laughs> happened, but Mike deleted all of the all of the evidence, obviously. For sure. No, I I believe that there is one mics without Mike that did make it to a post show. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. I, I don't know which episode. There was. No, one. I know, but I don't know. There were three recorded. I don't have the second one. I only have one and three, so I don't know if you guys did that thing where you just label the pigs one, two, four. Right, yeah, so you can't like, find it. Right, but um, only Mike's Without Mike 1, I think, has ever made it to a post-show of an episode, and I don't know which episode it is. We can release... If any- we can release three on the 50th anniversary of Nostalgia. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that sounds fair. Um, if anybody wants to hear more mics without Mike, let us know. Um, I have never listened to one. I'm not allowed to. Um, but I hear Sean is a big fan. It's of, a great uh, show. Mike. Sean's the creator. He's a he's a significant he's a significant individual. <laughs> okay, so Joe, next uh, next category. Uh, what do we have left in Trusted Mechanic? Anything? They're all Nothing. gone. We, They're all we gone. only okay. have Get Nostalgic and I Am Eight Bit left. Uh, then I'll take Get Nostalgic for 200? That's left, right? That's correct. The 50th and 100th episodes of Nostalgia. Beep? (laughs) Oh, Sean's got a beep. Okay, Sean, what do you got? What are baseball games? Ooh, so close. Um, That's 99, right? Yeah, uh, 100 was Major League Baseball. But 50 was Rygar. So we were looking for what oh, Rygar there are two and Major answers. League Baseball. I see. Yes. I thought they had something in common. Okay. Yeah. So uh, be it. The thing they have in common is that they are anniversary episodes, I guess you could say. <laughs> for sure. All right. So, Joe, you are now leading 2,300 to 1,600. Um, where would you like to go next? Uh, what's left on 8-bit? Uh, everything but, but 300. 300. Uh, then I'll take 200. King Slender, Starman, and the Amazon are all characters in this fighting game. What is 
pro wrestling. Mm. Ah, yes. There were too many options there. I knew that it was a wrestling game. I just forgot which one. And that's fair, because I didn't want to say in this wrestling game, but actually now that I'm thinking about it, I probably should have, because we've played <laughs> four. So yeah. it should it probably should have been narrowed down even further. But we haven't even really had a fighting game, per se, either. So I guess we're we're kind of like in this weird limbo of games where we got like a bunch of wrestling all at once and then nobody dared make another one because those ones all came out so terrible <laughs> okay uh joe i'm gonna do forgive me if this is already taken get nostalgic for 500 yes That's it is taken, taken. only oh. 100 is left oh wow what did i miss uh then i'll do uh get nostalgic for 100 that's funny. Uh, okay, get nostalgic for 100. Usually recorded at the end of every podcast. Plays after the end song. Beep, beep. Okay. Uh, who was it? Uh, you, Joe. Uh, the post- what is the post show? I almost hey, he did it. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to allow it because he caught himself before he said the whole thing. Um, what is the post show is correct. Uh, for fans that don't know what we're talking about, we do this at the end of almost like <laughs> most of our episodes. So please listen to them. They're pretty funny. And we might have one um, at the end of this for all we know. So uh, it's always worth listening, at least through Sam Smith's sweet end song before we get to the post show. So why not? Just give I, it a listen. I like the idea that until now, nobody has ever heard the post show. They always <laughs> just tune out as soon as the music comes on. Hours I don't like that idea at all. Just wasted. Yeah. <laughs> Well, one time we did a post-show, and then we did a post-post-show, and then we did a post-post-post-show, <laughs> and we just kept going. That was a great episode. It was a great episode. I don't remember what the game was, but I remember the, the post-show. I don't think I was on that episode, actually. I remember hearing it, but I don't think I was on that. That's what made it great, I'm sure. I'm sure that's what made it great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so, Sean, don't worry. You're not out yet. Oh, I know. Okay? You do have a chance here, but Joe picks the categories. So, Joe? Uh, I am 8-bit for 200. We did it. It's not, God it doesn't it. exist. <laughs> What's left? I love the contemplation, though, too. Of like, hmm. Because 100, I can't see 400, what 500. Uh, I'll do 400. In Kung Fu, you have to work your way through five stages uh, if you want to save this character, who happens to be your girlfriend. Legend has it, if you beat the game 50 times, you can play as her. No, I, I can't risk it. Okay. Uh, we're looking for, who is Sylvia? Sylvia. Oh, yes. <laughs> I, knew it was a, uh, I knew as soon as I heard it, I would know it, but couldn't come up with, and come up with it. You'll remember that uh, that is not true. Do not try to beat Kung Fu 50 <laughs> times. <laughs> The, uh, it will not work, and uh, if you want to play as Sylvia, someone did make a ROM hack uh, that you can play uh, on a legal card, even if you patch it correctly, uh, to play as Sylvia, and nothing else has changed. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad I didn't answer that because I thought it was Maria. Oh, Maria is Shadow the Hedgehog's girlfriend. You're still <laughs> stuck on an April Fool's joke. <laughs> what April, what Fool's, April joke? Fool's joke? We didn't do an April Fool's joke. Absolutely, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Uh, Joe? Uh, I'll do I Am 8-Bit for 500. The subtitle of the only video game sequel that has had both its games appear on the NES so far. 
To make matters more confusing, the subtitle was the only title in the arcade release. Beep. Sean? Gradius, well, what is Gradius 2? No. Ooh. Oh, god damn it. So, you're, you're... Oh, I messed up so bad there. <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. Your heart was in the right place. I know, I know. Unfortunately, Life Force cannot be considered the greatest sequel too. because it wasn't in the uh, in, in in the um in you know like in the arcade and stuff like that. It was not. Gradius Two is a separate release from yes, Life Force. Yes. So we were looking for Ikari Warriors yes. One and Two, and the correct answer would be what is Victory Road? All right. Gosh darn it. The only Thanks. question I decided to make near impossible. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I, I thought it was something with Gradius also, but I couldn't remember what like the subtitle would be. But yeah, I totally forgot about Victory Road. All right. Uh, this leaves one thing left, and that is uh, I am 8-bit for 100. So here is the question. If you want to defeat Dracula in this game, you'll need more than just garlic. Perhaps a whip would be best. Beep. Sean? What is Castlevania? So boring, right? Like, I, yeah. <laughs> I tried to think of, like, what would be, like, such a, you know, stupid question for a measly 100 points. And I almost went with something from Mario, but I thought that was, like, insulting. You know, like, that was too easy. Yeah. All right, so, like, I could still come back if I do the final Jeopardy, right? Correct. Uh, you could tie with Joe... So, um, Joe has 2,400, you have 1,200, so Uh. Joe must theoretically bet a dollar, unless he wants to, unless he wants to call it a tie. (laughs) So, we will be right back with, uh, Final Jeopardy. Alright, and we're back, and first we have to handle the wagers here, so I will give that the category is Game Designers. Alright. Alright, so please submit your, um the amount you're willing to gamble. They never say gamble on Jeopardy, though. But it is essentially gambling, right? It really is. Yeah, I suppose. Wager. Gamble. Yeah, they, they do say wager. That's true. It's just the dirtier word for wager. The question is, so far on the NES, this game designer has been responsible for Wrecking Crew, Kid Icarus, Gumshoe, Balloon Fight, and most notably, Metroid. You have 30 seconds. I just lost it all, folks. Did you submit an answer? Joe? I didn't. I didn't. I could. I can't. I couldn't think of it. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Uh, once again, the question was: So far on the NES, this game designer has been responsible for Wrecking Crew, Kid Icarus, Gumshoe, Balloon Fight, and most notably Metroid. Uh, Sean, you submit. <laughs> 
you submitted who is Hideo Kojima. <laughs> uh, you'll I, I... note that <laughs> Go ahead. Metal Gear was not on the list here. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Uh, and therefore, it could not possibly be Kojima, but we appreciate an answer. And that uh, was my entire 1,200. Yes, you wagered your entire 1,200. Um, and now for Joe. Uh, Joe, you said, who is Konami? <laughs> Very late. <laughs> and I also didn't say who is. Okay, okay. Who is Konami? And uh, that is not correct either, but you only wagered a dollar. <laughs> so you will be today's champion with twenty three ninety nine as your total. Congratulations, uh, correct- Joe. Uh, thank you, thank you. The correct answer, by the way, we only needed a last name. Uh, we don't need the first name, but the correct answer is who is Yoshio Sakamoto? Yes, I was going to be my second, like my, like that was my, my <laughs> second place answer. You will remember Sakamoto is the one who just gives the most absurd answers on video game <laughs> development. He says things like, well, we wanted this to be fun, so we made a video game. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> he doesn't, like, clue anybody into the development process. He talks about, like, when I was designing Metroid, I thought about caves. Is he like, not the <laughs> one that, like, fell off his bike on the way to work one day? Or was that oh, no, somebody else? Th- I knew that this would happen, so I'm glad you brought it up. Um, see, what happened is, is that was the whole story of Kid Icarus, was those two guys were like left alone to make Kid Icarus, and nobody remembers their names. And then Sakamoto comes in with his entire team after they're like finished with Metroid, and they look at Kid Icarus and they're like, what? What is this? Like, <laughs> and then they fix the game and finish it, and the two guys who like, not only did he fall on his bike on his way to work, but then he had to like, he had to leave his honeymoon to come oh, back yeah. to work on the game. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> oh, uh-huh. my gosh. So uh, this has been nostalgia, but we do have to remember the priority of the show, which is coming up with an essential games list. And so right now, um, let's do that and decide if Jeopardy is an essential NES game. Sean? Well, uh, I will say that this is the best version of Jeopardy that can exist on the NES. It it basically copies everything that it needs to in a way that sort of works for a video game. Uh, but that being said, there, that the, the max potential for that kind of game is well below an essential game, like for the essential games list. Uh, Jeopardy, even if it were the perfect Jeopardy game would never be an essential game. So it be it be like that sometimes. Okay, well said. Um I think we should put that as the banner uh quote for our <laughs> essential games list. It be like that sometimes. <laughs> Joe, what are your thoughts? I'll just lead off with saying that I also will not be voting this essential. Um for similar reasons. I mean, it's still just Jeopardy it's 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 exactly what you you kind of expect from Jeopardy. I'm sure that later consoles can do things like slightly better. I can't imagine it getting like too much better. Um, but I do want to say that I was I thought this game was going to be atrociously boring. Um, and maybe when you play by yourself, it's not particularly fun. But like, hey, it it, it functions. It works. If you want to have a trivia like contest, a, Je- a game of Jeopardy with a friend, I mean, it works surprisingly well. 
Um, and there are a lot of questions, so I feel like you can play for quite a bit. Um, but yeah, it just doesn't really hit anything that grand. It's still just Jeopardy, so I'm not voting it essential. Well said, well said. And I think that, you know, in 1988, this offered a lot for people who wanted to play this. But I also know that for many people, Jeopardy is a chore to watch, let alone <laughs> play. So I don't think... This belongs on the essential games list because it's definitely not like what people think of like peak video games, let alone peak game shows. Um, you know, who wants to be a millionaire, right? Like that. Now that's a game that has like stakes and thrills. Uh, that said, um, what's interesting here is that there's really nothing I would fault on this game. It pretty much gets everything right in terms of Jeopardy with the... Um, you know, for the limitations of the NES. It's just that I'm not personally looking forward to playing the other two versions that Rare makes, the 25th anniversary and the junior edition. So why would I put this one on the essential games if I'm not looking forward to even playing them again? Yeah. I will say, though, that as a good... um, I don't even know if it's good, but as a memorable video game game show experience, uh, you should seek out who wants to beat up a millionaire on the Dreamcast. That's a real game? That is a real game. I have and to find you do, that. <laughs> you do, like, there's a mini game where you end up beating up, like, your opponent's avatar. It's it's so goofy. <laughs> I, I just found it. Uh, that is crazy. That is crazy. Uh, thank you for this, Sean. This will go in the show notes for sure. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, that's really all the time we have for this episode of Nostalgia. Uh, join us next time when we're playing something else, because we always do. We just keep moving forward in the game of life, which is another board game, but not game show. So I shouldn't have said another. But uh, guys, any other thoughts? Well, thanks That's for putting it. together that that game. That was that was well done, and it was a fun game. So we appreciate it. Oh, thank that. you. Anything for the fans and you, Joe. Sean, you should submit requests three to five days in advance to see if they will be granted. <laughs> I'll I'll see what I can do. Uh, all right, and we will talk to you guys next week. Remember to tell people about the show. Remember to tell yourself to listen to the show. It's important. <laughs> um, right now, even though like uh, you know most of the world is shut down, podcast listening is down. And we need you guys to listen to these episodes if, we, <laughs> if you want us to keep making them. So uh, please do that. Don't think that just because you're not commuting somewhere that you can't listen. You can listen whenever you want. I would say to. that if you really wanted to uh, t- to simulate your day-to-day from the before time, uh, just sit in a dark room and uh, and just sort of pretend that you're going to work. You know, it's 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 not that difficult. Yes, and uh, I I should also note that uh, Nostalgia Cast is doing just fine. You don't have to worry about us. We are great. Uh-huh.